let's kick off the show. You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 70 of Double Jumper Radio. I'm your host, Apia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm good. What about you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good as well, man. I've um, been spending, been watching a lot of the new Cyberpunk show. I'm about halfway through it. Um, okay. It's uh, been good so far. Um, but I, I don't want to spoil anything because I think you should watch it as well. Just right. don't even think about it as being related to Cyberpunk the game. Just think of it as like, okay, Studio Trigger, you know, the, the people behind Kill la Kill. Just um, And some of the people who were, who were, you know, from the studio that made Evangelion and stuff. Like, just think of those people, that pedigree attached to Cyberpunk. So. Yeah, it's... I don't know. We'll see. I am planning on watching it, but it's like the more time, like the game, like completely. Well, I mean, for most people, I don't think it did, but like as someone trying to follow the discourse, like most of the negative stuff, <laughs> um, mm. like of the game, it's also eliminated a lot of problems with like the base tabletop world. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I am rarely positive on that to start, but I do want to watch it yeah. know, for the animation alone. So I will get to it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. definitely got a look about it. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. tell you that. Um, In my yeah. case, I've been watching Dragon Quest die nonstop. I'm currently halfway through, which is around fifty episodes or so, and then Maniac. I think it ends in a few weeks. Because <laughs> like it, it's really I don't know. I can get into it later. Maybe. Is it on oh. its final season now? I don't know. I think it's like been running nonstop. I'm not sure if it even had breaks, but like it's it is. I think it is near the end. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. So lots of anime from Double Jump this week. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Actually, I guess yeah. you might. I'll, I'll talk about someone else. But <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, without further ado, let's kick off the show and uh, talk about the news. So uh, we'll kick off this week with a couple of big um, game development news. The uh, the first of which is, I guess, a little bit of a bummer, and that is uh, the the report that came out this week based on the the official ASX announcement. So ASX is the Australian, I guess, the official trading market. I don't know. It's like it's our stock exchange, I believe, and um, essentially. Uh, as part of its uh, kind of its quarterly update, uh, Mighty Kingdom, which people might know as the developer of Star Star Trek Lower Decks, Conan Chop Chop, uh, and and among others, the I think they also do the Dumb Ways to Die games. What's that play side? Anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's one of the the major studios in Australia, and essentially, as part of the announcement um, about the financials. One of the things that the uh, the leadership team announced that there's going to be a major staff overhaul um, as, a, as a means to reduce cost as, quote, revenue continues to increase. Um, so basically, they're making more money, but they're not, they're not profitable. Uh, well, apparently, they're not profitable. And... This means that um, we're going to see, I guess, a whole bunch of layoffs 
hitting the studio very very soon um if if you know this this is about as official as you can get before an actual announcement happens um unfortunately so as part of the the there's a there's a range of cost cutting measures that they're taking and one of this is quote uh the reduction of full-time equivalent roles within all areas of the business uh sorry within the developer and administration teams and then uh Another area is, quote, a focus on tighter cost controls around all areas of the business, and then, um, quote, a reduction of other costs, quote, in ITs and things like that. So, um, full-time equivalent um, refers to, you're not you're not contracted as a full-time employee, but you're doing work that is equivalent in hours to a full-time employee. So, this is something that, you know... Um, uh, like a lot of contractors kind of work these hours, especially as games ramp up and you know things like testing and and stuff like that becomes more important. Uh, a lot of people get brought on to handle these projects, and then you know they they're doing full time equivalent hours. So as as part of this, um, Mighty Kingdom is saying that it believes that there's going to be quite minim limited impact. Uh, on the company itself, as well as any of the projects that it's got planned for the foreseeable future, um, with this reduction in FTE roles, so they're also firing people. Let's let's um <coughs> let's not beat around the bush here. Like whenever there's a major restructuring like this, it means that people are going to lose their jobs, and the the thing that kind of makes this a bit more crystal clear is the fact that just a month ago. Um, Ryan, sorry, Jackson Ryan from CNET published uh, an expose going into uh, the the financial hardship that Mighty Kingdoms going going through, based on the fact that Conan Chop Chop, which was released in March this year, uh, didn't meet expectations, um, and and Conan Chop Chop was Mighty Kingdoms' first major console release, so you know. Mighty Kingdom is more so known for a lot of mobile games. So this is like the first foray into like a full-on publishing deal. And it didn't do too well. Um, yeah, it's... Um, I'd never heard of it. I was surprised to read it. It's like, uh, like I mean, I know, I'm not going to say I'm aware of every game that happens, but it's... Um, yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't really talked about anywhere. In, in, like, you wouldn't really hear about it in any mainstream circles. Um, I full disclosure: the reason why I know about that game is because I know a couple of the people who work at Mighty Kingdom. So, just like, just for you know, full full disclosure, there. Like, uh, I'm familiar with some of the people who are there. So, um, yeah, that's that's how. Unfortunately, that's how I learnt about it. I I guess maybe in the in the, in the sites that we frequent <laughs> and the you know, subreddits and stuff, it, it wasn't really brought up. Um, so it's I, I I don't I don't know how to put this. Like uh, like to put this into perspective, earlier this um, I think it was when when Mighty Kingdom was brought onto the Australian Stock Exchange, it was trading at about. 18 cents US or 26 cents Australian, right? And that's after raising $18 million, they're at 26 cents a share. And then in June, that went all the way down to 2.1 cents 
US or three cents Australian. So that's like more than eight times drop, right? That's a pretty substantial drop. And it probably I, I it it probably makes sense that this announcement is coming now after this after like you know these these reports this report came out last month and you know people talking about you know people who how should I put this like the government the the recent tax subsidies that were announced has been helping you know mighty kingdom allegedly has been reliant on that and they've been burning through cash now this is all part of the the CNET report from last uh, last month and like it's gotten to a point where they're, they're running out of cash now and because they're not profitable they're not keeping a lot of the money that they do bring in and the other the other thing to kind of add to this whole kind of like shitstorm is the fact that there are uh, multiple allegations of um mighty kingdom stealing ip and artwork um you know fraudulent agreements as well as unjust treatment for creative creative people who worked with the studio and who helped create make sure some of the games have come out over the past five years so this is all part of that that cnet report there like what, what do you what do you think about this whole situation especially with um the australian industry kind of in its burgeoning phases right now yeah because i need to go read that expose because i wasn't aware of it and it was a bit too long to read before i started streaming this so i'll get to it a bit later but um yeah it's disappointing mm. to see a like <clears throat> a major like because i imagine it got big funding because australia doesn't have many major developers and this was kind of an opportunity for investors to maybe get on the ground floor of another major hub i guess like development like hub. Mm, yeah mm. i don't know that's i mean I'll, I'll need to go look into it but yeah it's very disappointing though like it's a real shame yeah it's like as well as like the allegations of ip theft and stuff it's like oh they're not only you know doing poorly like money wise they're also kind of problematic and you know it's like it just seems like yeah. long term there's so many issues and they've barely gotten started, you know? It's, it's such a... Yeah. I mean, they've been around for 11 years, but it's... I guess oh, like in the... Yeah. About that. <laughs> now, the, the, the studio itself has been around for 11 years, but... Uh, yeah, I think it was 2011. So, I think... Wait. Just say, I think it was 20, 2011 to 2013. So, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... Mighty Kingdom's been like quietly doing well for a number of years but it seems that like i think that one of the big issues is that because mighty kingdom almost exclusively works on licensed titles i'm guessing that a lot of the money that they bring in has to go back as royalties mm-hmm. and you know like when you've got that many talented people and things like that and you know you're dealing with third parties so you're, you're dealing with you know their deadlines like that's probably that probably explains why I mean, it's not forg- not to forgive, but it's probably why. Like, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there's like more allegations of crunch or you know increased pressure coming out as well in the wake of this. Mm. Yeah, that's that makes that's an understandable prediction. I think mm. it's mm. um yeah. I don't think I have too much to say. I need to go learn more about Mining Kingdom. But it's like yeah, like I guess another way to put it, it's like I didn't know they were operating for eleven years. But I guess another way to put it is like they seemed like they're a preparing for a launch into a like a much larger entity than the development scene like the great like you know with the um raising investment and stuff yeah so it's yeah it's 
yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. Yeah, like when I heard the name Mighty Kingdom, I I knew that they made like kind of some mobile games that were licensed, but I just assumed they were overseas. I just never thought of like such a big studio being here. And I guess that's, that's, uh, you know, that's something that I've had to kind of correct. And, you know, it's a shame that like a lot of people might actually hear about Mighty Kingdom for the first time and it's in this context. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially because the federal government's been kind of. I think Mighty Kingdom's been one of the the studios that's been consulting with the federal government about setting up kind of the tax breaks and and the things to encourage more investment in game development here in Australia. So let's let's just hope that. Well, yeah. Yeah, like hopefully it benefits other developers in that sense. Then yeah, even if once the well, Mighty Kingdom might not be. Mm. Um, Mm. I know, in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess like on the flip side, we've got some positive news and that's uh, Netflix has announced that it's um, building, it's setting up a new studio in Helsinki, Finland. Um, and it's being headed up by Marco Lastica uh, as a studio director. And Marco Lastica, sorry, I just hear an alarm, um, has come across, he's, he's worked previously at companies like EA and uh, Zynga. And essentially, this is going to be Netflix's first in, like from the ground up new studio. Whereas um, Netflix already owns studios, uh, like, so Night School Studio, which people might know about Oxenfree, uh, know from Oxenfree and Oxenfree 2, which is upcoming. Uh, funnily enough, Oxenfree is now free to... I guess free for all Netflix subscribers on mobile. So if you if you download the game and uh, and log in with your Netflix account, it'll you you can play it without having to. Well, I guess there's no other way to play it on mobile. So <laughs> you better be a Netflix subscriber if you want to play that on mobile. Um, and then also Boss Fight Entertainment, uh, which is uh the developer of the the Dungeon Boss game, which I feel like I've is one of those games that I've seen pop up on those YouTube ads. Or like those ads about, you know, play this free game and it's like... Is that actually what it is? It, I don't know. I don't know if it actually is, but it definitely yeah, it really sounds like, like it. The first thumbnail looks like it. <laughs> yeah, um, I got that vibe too. And then uh, it, this uh, this new studio is also going to be joining uh, Next Games, which is also based in uh, Helsinki, I believe. And Next Games, uh, it works on mobile titles that are like... Uh, also affiliated with TV shows, so Stranger Things, Puzzle Tales, uh, is what they worked on, as well as a couple of mobile The Walking Dead games. Uh, one of them being The Walking Dead: No Man's Land. So, um, I don't know. It's a like it's it's cool. Like it's it's a good idea. Um, like I mean, the, the fluffy quote is that you know, quote, this is another step in our vision to build a world-class game studio that will bring a ver- variety of delightful and deeply engaging original games, no ads, and no in-app purchases to hundreds of millions of members around the world. So that's that's a quote from the official blog post for Netflix. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, the fact that you've got someone coming from Zynga and EA, both companies that are notorious for <laughs> in-app purchases and microtransactions and then you're tasking them with building a game with none of that i wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna shape up <laughs> yeah, it's not not the best like credits for someone who no you know, the people following, following along. but um yeah yeah successful yeah. companies i suppose exactly so, exactly like, so like more jobs 
for the game industry, which is, you know, always not, good. A new, not a new thing, but yeah, always good. And then <laughs> headed by someone who presumably can reliably make money with the game studio. So not the worst yeah. thing, even if Zynga and EA aren't necessarily exciting yeah. uh, credits. Yeah, well, so I, I guess that depends on where he's or from EA because I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. No, he was responsible for Battlefront 2. <laughs> okay. No, no, he wasn't. Oh. No, he wasn't, but that was because yeah. like my instant thought that uh, Battlefront 2 now is that it's actually kind of okay now. I yeah. actually don't think Luke once they overhauled it. <laughs> yeah, which is a good job on them, I guess. Yeah, it's me to think that way. <laughs> um, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about EA a little bit later, but. First, John, tell us about what's going on. Um, what's the update with the Rockstar the the Rockstar hacking kind of situation there in the UK? Yes, yeah, so this follow, follows the gigantic leak of Grand Theft Auto 6 last week that we reported on, and everyone else also did, because there's not much else to talk about. Um, London Police <laughs> have since arrested a 17-year-old um, yeah. on September 22. Um, he's apparently the one responsible for this recent hack on Rockstar Games. Um, it's been reported by Eurogamer that the suspect entered a non-guilty plea related to computer misuse, but did not did plead guilty to violating bail conditions. So um, he's also suspected or believed to be part of the hacking group Lapsus Dollar Sign. I, I, I don't know. That's how it's spelled. Um, and yeah, it's also the group, I guess, that was um, responsible for or claimed responsibility for the Uber hack, as we mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. So, in a statement to Eurogamer, um, London Police, um, their cybercrime unit, they acknowledged the unit, the individual, the suspect had appeared in court over the weekend and was now being held at a youth detention center. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not the first time they've been a suspect in a hacking scandal. Um, fairly last year, or no, in March, even when he was just 16. Um, he was actually had a headline on BBC News that said, "Quote: Oxford teen accused of being multi-millionaire cyber criminal." So he was, yeah. So and this teen was arrested with six other people, so one of seven overall, um, under suspicion of hacking other high-profile companies such as Microsoft, and then bragging about it because that's what they do. Yeah, well, that's what you have to do, really. What else yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, it's uh, this is um. Yeah, like the fact that I don't know how dumb can you be. Like, I know he's a kid, but come on, like if you're gonna be bragging about this shit, like, uh, and it's like because like of a hacking thing, it does. Although I think this one is to do through um, what's it called? Wait, I forgot the term for it. It's like where you kind of basically have a connection with a person and yeah, exploit like that social not, social hacking, hacking so i think they call it that's it yeah. yeah so it's like um yeah i don't think it's quite so much a hacking thing but it's still pretty big less like, cyberpunk oh, and more like street punk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a weird way well, that's the thing and and like and, and in the euro Eurogamer story like they kind of point out that because because the group that he was part of um you know, is involved with the the is being investigated for the Uber, like kind of hack from a couple of months ago. It means the FBI is also looking into that group. Potentially, the FBI could be looking into him. You know, that's uh, I don't it know. It feels like the start <laughs> of a movie where he's now getting sure. like turned he's into working a for, white the M- hat for the Yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Like he's like, have you seen the Gray Man? Yes. 
Yeah, so this... Oh, yeah, so so he'd be like the grey hat. Like... Because that's pretty much the plot of that movie. (laughs) Except like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I actually forgot it. Yeah, so that's... Oh, man. When I was 16, I, I, I was like... I don't even know what I was doing when I was 16, man. Probably something... Probably in my room. Like, probably just spent all my time in my <laughs> doing room. Doing something just... gross. <laughs> yeah. Just be, be, like, complaining about something on a forum somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's 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 what we all did back then. <laughs> <laughs> just that. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of, like... Well, I'm gonna... It's gonna be interesting to see the developments of this. Because, like, mm. they also claim to have source code, which is, like, I think something that's very, um... Ephemeral? Like, I'm not sure. I don't think I use that word right. But, it, you know, it, it's very, like, uh, arguable what that really means and how important yeah. it really is. So yeah. it's like, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops, I think, over time. Yeah. Uh, but for now, I guess the suspect has been arrested almost immediately. Because I guess these things are just too big, <laughs> like, kind of things to do without getting caught. Especially if you're bragging about it, I guess. That yeah, helps. they'll find you. Especially if you've yeah. already kind of, like, got a history there. Like, yeah, that's kind of hard, actually. It's like, <laughs> in March as well. Yeah, but, um, that wasn't that long ago. It's like six months no, ago, man. <laughs> um, uh, you know. Anyway, onto onto better news. Mm, um, mm. Onto like yeah. So first off, um, Koei Tecmo, Tecmo and EA, technic- I guess uh, they've unveiled Wild Hearts, which is their new Monster Hunter like or hunting genre like game <laughs> that we reported on last week i don't know why you keep laughing at that it's like a real term i know i know, I know. it's not it's, funny it just sounds funny to me yeah um it will be released on pc ps5 and xbox series consoles on february 17 next year so very quick kind of announcement to release date assuming it holds february yeah um tecmo says that wild hearts has been development for four years and features a unique twist on the hunting genre as players will be able to use technology to take down take down monsters um, I haven't actually seen the trailer yet, which is very rare for me to not have not seen. I think, especially for a hunting thing, I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> I guess That's everyone true, else absolutely. is seeing it on the stream, but um, yeah. So I don't know what technology means exactly. Um, like other games in the genre, you'll need to craft better and more advanced. Apparently, it's called Karakuri gear. Basically, you're you're beating up bosses. It's like an endless boss rush. You're beating mm, bosses, mm. getting material, making new stuff to wear, and use as weapons go on you know progressing up the ladder basically um the beast or the monsters in this will be called kimono kimono beasts and they'll be roaming around the dangerous landscape of azuma which sounds like a open world i don't actually know do you know have you, are you watching the trailer at all yeah i've got the trailer like it, it definitely looks um like you can definitely see the different types of biomes like you know the kind of the the grassy knoll the kind of uh, ruins, uh, kind of palace, not palace, but like, then you got the snow village and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I don't think it'll be. Op- it doesn't look open world so much as it looks like kind of that. I don't know how to put it. Like, um, level based thing that Monster okay. has. Like, it's like, it's a kind of semi sandbox where it's like a bit okay. more open. Yeah, definitely looks like the when you actually take on the monsters, they. It's in a specific area. Right. Yeah, but um, that's just on the the trailer. Mm. Yeah, I guess we'll be learning about it a lot, a fair bit about it pretty quickly compared to most games. But um, yeah, so I'm interested to learn more about it. 
Um, yeah. For now, all we know is that it supports solo play and up to three players at a time. This is compared to Monster Hunter's four player at a time, which is kind of a curious decision. Yeah. Um, cross play will be supported across all platforms, which is nice to see. And also, I think it's one of definitely one of those um, things that they can, you know, when they're competing directly against Monster Hunter, definitely gives them a leg up. Yeah, because Monster Hunter um, didn't didn't ever get that, did it? No, I think it's a bit too. Because it was, it was well, uh, what's it called? Um, it was World pro- was released yeah. some time ago now. It always feels more recent than it actually is. Um, uh, but what about Rise? Isn't Rise technically a sequel to World? Or uh, is it a... I, that's a, I think that's a complicated answer, but it's a, that's only on PC and um, oh, okay. Switch, I think. I think that was meant to be console. I don't yeah, because like, like Monster Hunter World was like, it was like a new type of Monster Hunter that was like very modernized and westernized. So it's like, why didn't they make a sequel to that? Um, well, uh, it's was just, it evolution? No, it's like Monster Hunter is like a series where it's like kind of got like uh, two that, branches exactly historically. Yeah. So it's got the portable series and then it's got the mainline series, and usually they're kind of more or less the same. Yeah, um, it's like especially for a while now because they've been on. That's usually not, but now they've been kind of reintroduced. So Rise is like the portable variant that is apparently. Its development yes, was apparently it's disconnected from World. Yeah, which so makes it's sense. Not really, yeah, it's not really a sequel or anything. It's I'm more sure traditional. We'll World two or some point soonish. Um, why like, am I sure thinking of happening. Monster Hunter Evolution? But maybe that's just like that does that sound exists. like a natural name for a world follow-up, actually. But um, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Heart thinking be... of Monster Hunter. I'm thinking of Monster Hunter Evolve, which was a like a fan spin-off of World. Why do you know about that? I don't know. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. It probably popped up somewhere. Because because it's because it's Monster Hunter. I don't remember. No, I don't play Monster Hunter. Yeah, I didn't I, think you did. Uh, You're wearing I, a shirt. I'm wearing Monster a shirt Hunter. that has Monster Hunter on it because it's got like a cat thing on it, and then I have another Monster Hunter shirt because it's got like ramen. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. like it's like uh, I like Capcom. I like ramen. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, um, yeah, sorry. Okay, so One Hearts <laughs> will be published by both Electronic Arts, like EA, and Koei Tecmo, and it will be labeled as an EA original. I guess, it, like, I'm not sure if it's, it says by the Western publisher, which makes it sound like maybe it's been distributed in the West with the EA original yeah. logo and not in Japan necessarily, but we'll see. Yeah. And um, that, that that's all the information sense. we have on Wild Hearts. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I don't know. We don't yeah. see too many co productions between publishers. I don't think it doesn't happen. Which which is hard. which is cool. Like that's why I, that's why I think this is really cool because, um, like I I can't think of the last time EA did something in Japan like this. Hmm. Like yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's definitely like it's smart. Like from both parties to go like Monster Hunter is like the biggest deal ever. Apparently, when mm. World came out, mm. so it's like okay, we could afford to try and compete with this and carve our own little niche. Yeah, like, I wonder what EA is really bringing to it because, like, it's not like the Dynasty Warriors game because, like, Omega Force is the developer which is known for all the Musou games like Dynasty Warriors, Hyrule Warriors and stuff. And then and then now you've got... And Koei Tecmo was the publisher of those games. So it's not like Koei Tecmo is, like, completely unknown in the West, right? So mm. I wonder where, like, EA helps here. <laughs> it's an origin exclusive, yeah, maybe. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I forgot they made... Tukiden, did they? I'm Who, looking up uh, the Tukiden because another like hunting type game that's like kind of based around like Oni. That's also Japanese style. Gotcha. It is by, by 
Megaforce. Okay, so they made yeah. one of these before, kind of. Yeah, so then so, we're, except, like that's what I'm trying to figure out the the EA connection here. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Like, I guess a lot of it would just be like I guess production and trying to like elevate mm. the game into a game that could be um, immediately viewed as AAA by people who don't yeah. really know or care otherwise. You know? Yeah, like I mean, like if you yeah. go like that's on the level of Monster Hunter. And not just immediately default to Monster Hunter or something like that. Yeah, like there's some like graphically there's some kind of cool moments. So maybe it's like made on like a, a modified version of like Frostbite, maybe. Who knows? And and then like EA is maybe handling some of the marketing and the publication in Europe or like th- just the West. So yeah, it'd be weird. Maybe this mm-hmm. is like a way for um, EA to start uh, like getting into J- Japan. You know. Yeah, definitely. It's like makes sense. A lot of good reasons to make a game like this. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, yeah, but why well, start it from scratch? <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a lead-in. Overwatch stuff. <laughs> well, well. Uh, no, nah, there's nothing there. Overwatch Two is coming out. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like trying to figure out, like, okay, yeah, you're right. There's not really anything you can really say other than, well, you know, EA's. EA is a major publisher known for its shenanigans when it comes to in-game transactions. And another game that was kind of caught up with loot boxes and, and in-game transactions was Overwatch. And Blizzard has an uh, updated its official blog with some more news about what's happening with Overwatch 2, which is launching, uh, I think it's Monday our time. So October 2nd, sorry, October 4th worldwide so hopefully that means you know october 4th for us and not october 5th because some companies tend to like they say oh yeah it's worldwide but what they mean is like us like that time midnight in the us which doesn't always work out for us excuse me but uh in uh so in this new story um the the actual story was like the focus of the story was about the Defense Matrix Initiative, which is Blizzard's new uh, SMS. Well, basically, it's its new kind of initiative to protect players from cheaters or from people who are creating, you know, Smurf accounts. You know, where they, where someone who's like very good at the game and very experienced creates multiple kind of like newbie accounts and just kind of dominates, kind of uh, beginner fr- beginner matches. Uh, because they look like they're a noob, but they're actually like a, a veteran. So, as part of this, uh, for people who want to play Overwatch 2, uh, the main thing is they've got a new system called SMS Protect. Essentially, it's a way that like protecting logins so that your account is attached to a mobile number. So, hopefully that means that, number one, if people want to get into your account, maybe take some of the items you have or you know, cause all sorts of shenanigans, uh, they will need to actually have access to your phone and the code that comes to the SMS. And number two, it hopefully means that it'll make it hugely, like, inconvenient for anyone who tries to, like, create multiple accounts, whether they've been banned or whether they're trying to smurf. You know, they can't just go and create, like, go get a new Gmail or whatever and just make a new account and just continue being a nuisance. Um, But as part of this... We also got the uh, uh, we also got the uh, some some more information about about uh, what's happening in the game. So 
number two is that we um, Blizzard confirmed that its audio transcripts are are going to be as part of the game. I think this was something that caused a little bit of outcry a couple of years ago. I think for Overwatch, I think this is kind of like not threatened, but kind of like teased that this is going to happen. Okay. What do you mean, audio transcripts? Yeah, the audio transcripts. Oh, I was trying to think. Was that a Blizzard thing? Or was it someone else? I, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? Basically, oh, sorry. So essentially, what that means is that for all of the voice chat that happens in game, it's gonna it, Blizzard's gonna use machine learning tools to automatically transcribe any, everything that's said into audio so that it can be kind of like filtered and passed through and processed for you know like swearing like racist sexist kind of homophobic like you know kind of problematic comments or hate speech and things like that um i believe this was something that was like a couple of years ago it was like you know this is actually probably was like before covid now that i think about it um that was kind of like a a thing that they were kind of talking about so now it's gonna be here to stay um but I guess for people to know that um, they're saying that nothing's going to stay. Like, basically, um, the the quote is, once the audio recording has been transcribed to text, it's quickly deleted as the file's sole purpose is to identify potentially disruptive behavior. The text file is then deleted no later than 30 days after the audio transcription. You know, whether whether you choose to believe it or not, um, Blizzard wants to let you know that, hey the maximum time that there's going to be a record of what you've said is 30 days. Um, unless, obviously, there's some transgressions that are identified, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. Yeah, it's... I don't know, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Seems considering, hard to crack out this kind of stuff otherwise. Considering how toxic people can be when playing online games, like, yeah, I think it's good we have something like this. Yeah, I do think like Overwatch is making me think of an like Amazon Echo is not great. But <laughs> I was thinking of the other like because Amazon, yeah. oh, not to get off tangent, but Amazon announced like a bunch of new products. Yeah, like this morning or yesterday or something, and like 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 nine out of ten of them are like just Amazon's like just appliances with that can talk and listen to. You. Yeah, <laughs> and not much, yeah, this is like I don't know. It's like oh, okay, so it's games data are collection. Start doing it, I guess. Which it's is like, point, in, at least yeah. in this, there's this one, it's like not trying to get me to buy stuff. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. No, that's the thing. It's, but, da- it's data collection, like a lot of those devices and stuff. Like you get the convenience of a smart home device, but then on the flip side, like they've got another way to record you and understand your consuming habits and things like that. And then hopefully target products towards you. Um, the other thing is also like, because like, you know, Amazon, like if you've got a ring doorbell that's owned by Amazon, and they kind of like they don't really have any safeguards. Well, they they don't really protect your data from being shared from one device to another, or from being shared to the police or like other authorities. You know, compared to like companies like Apple that have like famously refused to work with the FBI and, <laughs> and things like that. Okay. So, so yeah, you know, really careful about discussing my crimes on Overwatch like now. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep, yep. Maybe you can get away with it if you're not saying anything homophobic, sexist, racist, or anything like that. If you're just talking about general crime, maybe they'll let they will like turn a blind eye. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's yeah. good to know. Oh, that works. They're looking that out for the. Me. They're looking out for the petty criminal. <laughs> um, um, that's some sarcasm. That's not. We have no nothing to say that that's actually happening. Um, uh, the the other thing is that we also got uh, a bit more clarification around. 
how the setup is going to be for new players versus existing players. So if you've already owned Overwatch, because the big shift from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2 is that Overwatch 2 is a free-to-play game, whereas Overwatch 1 was a retail game. You had to pay to play it um, before, like, to even get into it. So as part of the first-time user experience, the FTUE, as uh, Blizzard is calling it, um, it's it's... It's designed to be a way to ease players into the world of Overwatch. So as part of this, you're not going to have access to all the original Overwatch heroes. So you'll have to actually uh, um, you'll have to unlock a few things. So number one, you'll have to unlock uh, the game modes that are in, in there and then also chat. So you can't even chat with people until you've played a few games. And you can't even play all the different type of game modes until you've done quite a you've probably done a few rounds of quick play now the second part of this is that you'll be able to unlock all the original overwatch characters sorry heroes once you've played about 100 games so 100 quick play games gets you in there now the the whole thing is that like apparently this is what blizzard's saying is that this is designed in such a way that it's, quote, teaching them, as a new players, about different modes, rules, and other high-level aspects of the game in an approachable way, end quote. Which kind of makes sense. Like, you know, there is a lot to it, especially coming into, you're coming into like a, I guess at this stage, what, is that a six-year-old game? And then you've got like 30-plus characters that you just like have no idea about. You know, so, yeah, because it's like yeah. double, I th- or, or just about. Like the amount of heroes overall, because I think it started yeah. with like sixteen or nineteen or something like that. Yeah, like it, it wasn't it wasn't that many from back mm. back then. Um, so this is kind of like I guess, I guess it makes sense. It's just that it all depends on how much time that'll take. Because like I don't know. I guess it's like uh, I'm not necessarily against it because you can buy like the watch point pack, which is kind of like. If you buy that, you get all the heroes and you get like a whole bunch of new content and stuff. So it's like, either you're going to pay in time, you're going to pl- pay in money. So if you're short on one, you invest the other, right? Yeah. It's like, Which, yeah. It's like we're going free to play, but we're going to do the CSGO thing of having, like, if you're going to smurf, you got to you gotta pay, pay for it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it also means that uh, as part of this, new players... Uh, also have to win 50 quick play matches before they can even play a competitive match. So that, I think, is going to be the... I don't know. That's going to be the the challenging thing, I think, is balancing... Is, like, for, for people to... Like, to, to kind of... Get into it and, and stick through the game like if they're if they're playing like 50 matches and let's say that a match is 10 minutes right which you can you can go longer for that but it's like 10 times 50 like it's 500 minutes it's like just that's like eight you know just yeah just over eight hours of gameplay before you can play ranked and what if your friends want to play ranked and they're they've played overwatch before and they're already in the in the ranked playlist you know how to play because you're probably decent at it because you've played you know other games like other shooters and things like that. So you've kind of translated the skills over. And the fact is you've got to win fifty games. Mm-hmm. So what if what if you're in what if you're in what if you're not winning? That means like you're you're gonna like okay that that's that ten minutes gone. Then I gotta 
hope for the best for the next ten minutes, the next game, and things like that. Um, but yeah, like yeah. it does. I think it kind of highlights just how important Blizzard find uh, educated players at this point. It's like yeah, because the game works around having like basically rotating through all your characters. Yeah, like between you know, like moment to moment as you're trying to like yeah. I don't know, it's very like team oriented in a very like even more so compared to other competitive games. Yeah, it's like, it's, I guess it's a role based. Like, or yeah, so it's, it's like it's based on your roles. Yeah. No, like LOL, I mean, so like oh, I mean, League I of Legends. If you compare it to like another esports yeah. type. It's like basically it's like Blizzard. Like it definitely sounds like they really want the competitive scene to be filled with you know people who know what they're doing rather than just a lot of people. You know, wanting to go DPS only without really understanding what that means, mm, mm. or playing tank without knowing what that means, and so on. Yeah. So I feel like I, I don't know. I'm not against it. I feel like most people would probably be okay with it. If like I guess if you played it before, that's gonna suck. But yeah, I think all of this really depends on how well um, Blizzard's gonna kind of train people to get familiar with the different characters because there are three types of characters in Overwatch. There are tank characters. So that they can they can de- deal out a decent amount of damage, but they're designed to like be kind of the the target for the enemy team to just like like sh- just be the one like take all the all the hits and everything like that, right? And then you've got the damage dealers who are like kind of like glass cannons. They can't take as much of a hit, but they can dish out a lot of damage. So the tank's role can be to protect them and and protect the the healer characters, the support characters. So the third type is your support characters that either heal you or buff you. You know that. They're not necessarily going to be able to dish out a lot of damage, but they will be able to contribute really well to a team fight. Like their job is to keep the tanks alive, and the tanks' job is to keep everyone else alive, and then the DPS is to make sure that no one else is alive on the other team. So it's like it's kind of like the rock paper scissors. You need a bit of everything. And the biggest change in the meta from Overwatch to Overwatch Two is that instead of six v six, where you had two of each, now you've got two support, two DPS, and one tank. You know, like. So I think the, the, the challenge here is that Blizzard needs to do a really good job about onboarding and educating these new players about why these roles are important and how to play these different roles. Because if you don't have yeah. that, you're just going to have a frustrating experience. And people are going to yell at you because people are used to people are used to their ways of playing, let's be honest, right? Yeah, what people do in games, yeah. yell. But like, um, yeah, everyone wants to play yeah, the damage dealer. Like, it feels like cool. a very similar like um, mm. problem fighting games are trying 100%. to constantly yeah. fix or like not yeah. fix, well, kind of fix. You know, like uh, deal with is mm. um, you know educating players to the point where they understand how the game works and the, even just the genre alone. Mm. And like that takes you know not only do you need like uh, good tutorials that explain things well and succinctly, you need players to like really. I guess like take away the important stuff from it. Like, I guess that's kind mm. of one of the same. But it's like Overwatch has the same deal from what I understand of it as someone who hasn't played it. It's just like it's too technical and complex a game for it to um to not have to mm. so like a high skill ceiling ceiling to like play at a decent level compared to other genres where you kind of jump in and kind of learn the ropes mm. relatively easy. Like, yeah. I don't know, like Overwatch as a game, it kind of scares me as something to learn, which yeah. I think is something they kind of are probably aware of. Is that yeah. uh, like as a free to play game, it's like you need, need people to 
really learn and understand in a real way rather than just kind yeah. of hoping they will. And I think that's where Fortnite does a really Which, good job for new players. I think it's like a bit more friendly because like, you know, you have a lot more bot matches and things like that. You kind of get a lot of the dopamine hits, you know, you get that good feeling, that positive reinforcement of getting kills and just and winning early. Whereas like Overwatch can be very sweaty and very unfriendly. Um, yeah, but players. it's like, I think also it's like Overwatch's thing, again, I'm not completely certain. I don't know it intimately, but um, Overwatch's thing is that, you know, is understanding the meta and understanding what, like, which count characters counter which mm. and like being able to switch on the fly and change your tactics or just like i don't know if like follow you I, I don't know is that how that's basically how it works my understanding yeah it's like you know yeah. fortnite's like i don't think like the end goal of fortnite isn't competitive you know overwatch yeah. very much is like that's all they ever really talk about is that like, the end yeah. goal is to play on a serious level exactly like, and getting to competitive and then that's like that's yeah. the same thing with like Halo and stuff. Is that like like those shooters live and die by how good their battle passes and competitive modes are, because like you want to rank up, you want to earn, you you want something to show for like your your work, right? Because it's not like a it's not like a situation with like a battle royale where you st- where everyone's starting again from the beginning of every match. Um, but uh, like you know, just saying this. Uh, um, earlier today, Blizzard uh, showed uh, talked to, released another blog post uh, discussing a few more things about um, competitive in Overwatch Two. Main things to note is that um, let's see. So yes, uh, confirming that the the fifty quick play matches wins are required. Um, and you do have to complete the FTUE, so that first time user environment, whatever that kind of onboarding system is um and that uh the sr which i think was like skill rating it was like a numerical value you had that went up and down so that's going away in overwatch 2 or it's like not being visibly shown and now there's going to be these skill tier divisions which essentially are like you know what you had before we had like kind of bronze and then bronze 2 bronze you kind of moving up all the way to grandmaster so that's still staying along it's just you're just not going to see like a number just and the the other thing is um you will also see like a bit more like even if you don't win a match you're still going to get some points and things like that which is which is always good um which you know i think that's going to be really good so um i'm just going to i'm just going to say like you know the game's going to come out in in a couple of days it'll be inter- it'll we'll know for sure how this is going to work you know once once that game comes out and i think until then like everything they say is um something with their you know take everything with a grain of salt in terms of their intention versus what what'll actually happen um but one thing i can say is that um st- skill decay is i think that's that's getting changed as well so there's going to be some adjustments internally so before what it was was like if you haven't played in a while you actually start going down in ranks so instead of the natural oh, yeah. demotion in ranks that happens when if you're not playing other people who are playing are going to get better. They're going to win more matches. The percentages are going to go up. With this, you had to actually you had to actually log in and play matches like at regular intervals to avoid being demoted. So that's being tweaked a little bit as well, too. I guess not discourage players from coming back and just feeling like they've just lost so much progress and then just giving up, which I think like definitely is like a 
a thing that people were facing in Overwatch 2. But yeah, that's um, I think that's going to do it for Overwatch 2. We talked about it more than I thought we would, <laughs> yeah, which is funnily enough. Bad. Yeah, but mm. uh, speaking of some new looks and uh, new games, tell us about Spider-Man. Yeah, this is going to be like two sentences. So um, Marvel's Spider-Man is uh, the Miles Morales sequel slash spinoff. I came mm. to PS5 and PS4, um, I guess, two years ago or so. Like, launch a PS5, basically. Launch PS5, yeah. Um, yeah, it is following the release of Spider-Man Remastered's PC port um, in the next couple of months. Mm. So, it's like, there was a new trailer that's, that it's coming in fall 2022. So, should be within the next 60 days by yeah. that metric. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and just to recap as well, it's like, the port is like the remastered PC port, which got was very acclaimed, as I understand it. And they did a lot of good work in making it run well on a variety of devices, including the Steam Deck. Um, it was worked on by Nixus Software as well. So yeah, so both games are being so both ports are being developed by the same group. So there's not much reason to expect anything yeah. but the same quality from this one as well. And yeah, so just like the latest PlayStation title coming to mm. PC. So not the last we're going to hear that. Yeah, and and Nixus has done a, a lot of other. It's kind of a well-known porting studio, and and yeah, Sony does own them, so that's why like I guess it's kind of fast-tracked. Um, kind of like that's why there's not so much of a gap between, you know, Spider-Man remastered and Spider-Man. I think it's just called. I think it's just called Miles Morales. I don't think it's called like remastered or anything like that. So. No, it's, it's not. Yeah. No, it's good. Good to see it coming. And, and and I'm actually surprised that it's coming so soon. But I guess if you've already done all that work for the Spider-Man Remastered, like it, it probably you're not starting from the ground up again. Like uh, it, I think it's using the same engine and a lot of the same assets. So I'm sure there's like less double handling there and, and, and having to relearn yeah. skills. But I'm not going to say it's trivial. It I seems just, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also seems like a good amount of time since the Remastered. Yeah. Um, title came out, so it's like people are kind of getting done with that one at yeah. some point in time. It's like, okay, Miles Morales is like basically out already. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, not all oh, that. Don't have to wait that long. Like, oh, just buy that one. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's a nice way. But mm. I am very excited for the next game. Yes. So we got a an updated look at the finals, which is the. So it's being developed by Embark which was uh, founded by Patrick Soderlund, who people might be familiar with as being, um, I think he was head of Frostbite at EA, um, because he, he came from DICE. I think he was like the, the former studio head for DICE, which is the, the developer behind Battlefield and Mirror's Edge. So there's definitely a lot of technical prowess here. Like the graphical quality is really nice. Like it, looking at the trailer, like, so the the top game is it's it's a it's a I think it's a six v six multiplayer shooter, but I th- I think the 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 whole thing about this and looking at the footage is that it's all about destructible environments and like kind of silly kind of like gadgets that you can work with and it's all about like capturing loot. Um, yeah, it's like it's like I think there's going to be like yeah. a few objective based modes. Yeah, it's like kind of got a game show. Book, yeah. yeah so think of like it's like uh, think of like payday 2 mixed with rainbow six siege mixed with like i don't know like uh like like the 
Mirror's Edge in terms of like the, the verticality and the movement. So it's like a like a good mix of like different first person types of games. But um yeah, like the the fact that it's backed by Nexon, which I think is South Korean, so like a big kind of uh like online game publisher that's been around for a while hopefully means that it's going to have the backing to, to stick around because like the, the 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 thing is like number one i hope it's not one of those games that launches shit and then they have to spend years fixing it like I, i'm just tired of that <laughs> you know uh like mm. i think people have had that like with halo infinite with battlefield 2042 like people don't want to deal with that anymore you know like like destiny was a lot like that like People are sick and tired of having to like wait for games to be quote fixed, you know. So, I think I'm I'm just really hopeful that the game runs well and is fun to play. Um, yeah, because it looks promising. Like the fact that you're 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 interested in it as well, and you're not traditionally an FPS player. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, just kind of better explain it though. It's like it's got it's kind of like Codish with a lot of verticality and it's got yeah. like extremely detailed instruction physics that seems to be like i think uh, i was i was um bad company too what it reminds me of who, yeah but it's like it's very um as i saw it described or heard it described is that it's like fully server side which means that it can do a lot it's like it's like the dream of cloud stuff <laughs> that xbox was all about yeah for like a for like, crackdown three back in like 2013 yeah yeah, yeah now it's actually happening and working and it's like it's got it's got a lot of battlefield vibes in that sense where like it yeah. feels very um creativity and like expression driven gameplay yeah with like yeah and like the gadget you mentioned was like this kind of like globule matter generator that you can kind of like i think you can use it to both like create blockades but you can also use it to like interact with yeah. building destruction so like it might like a different way it looked in the trailer and the way i saw it described is that you you can theoretically like stop a building from being destroyed <laughs> like falling apart by being able yeah. to like you know create pillars all of a sudden or something like that it's like that sounds really neat like it sounds i don't know it looks very i think the trailers like very high energy uh editing did a lot for me i enjoyed yeah. that kind of stuff it's very stylish yeah and, and like and that and that announcer like that it was it was kind of cool having that um that game show kind of like set up i think really really works for this type of game yeah, but it's kind of, um, I think because, like, I don't remember, <laughs> I think I, I've mentioned it before, and I think it's because I, re- I remember Brink through very <laughs> particular Rosalind-tinted oh view, but, like, Brink. but it's like, I was thinking, like, yeah, Brink as in, like, a first-person shooter with a lot of mobility and a big emphasis on more, like, yeah, like, expressive gameplay, I guess. Yeah. So it feels battlefield in a very good way, just without the wide scope and i guess like more like limited vertical scope you know which sounds yeah. fun to me yeah and, and I, I guess it, it kind of shows in like the quality of the graphics and the destructibility because like you know when you don't have to build like you know a map that's kilometers long kilometers wide and fill that in with stuff if you can concentrate it on like a you know something that's like a couple like a couple of hundred like a hundred meters by a hundred meters you can just focus all that kind of graphical horsepower into just that one place and just make that look really nice like the fire effects look amazing and things like that like i mean i'm not sure if it supports rt like uh, ray tracing rtx but i wouldn't be surprised if it gets like an update like that because i think it could really benefit from that um yeah it yeah. definitely looks like one of those games yeah 
Yeah, and it's good that it's going to be. I think it is going to be free to play as well because, like, I, I realize that I have this, and then I've got hyenas, which is the other kind of like shooter, like free to play shooter that's coming out uh, in the next Not twelve her. months. That one is the one that was showed off. At, that's the one coming from the Creative Assembly. The it's the, okay. it's the Sega published one. Um, that was I think showed off on Games. Or Summer Games Fest, one okay. of those. But yeah, that's like another one of these kind of like like fun game show style arena shooter thing. God, but that one's set in like, field, though, coming out. Yeah. There's that Let It Die spin off sequel thing that's also game show themed. That's got more of a Hunger yes. Games vibe. Yeah. Like, yeah, it has to be a few more. It's <laughs> a lot of that going around. So, so that's the thing. Like, we had Battle Royales a couple of years ago. And we had like the survival shooters years before that, and now we've got the game show gimmick shooters. Yeah. Like that's I know, the next I know thing. the timeline doesn't have like na- doesn't match up, but it's like everyone watched Squid Game, and it's like we need to make that. But John right into here, <laughs> pretty much. Why not? Why not? Right? Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, I guess uh, I was going to say like there's nothing. There's no. There's no other soft transition so let's talk about some of the the other news uh, that came up over the past week uh, and and the first two stories in this uh in this uh, little roundup uh come from ubisoft so the first one is that um so this was late last no i think it was like very very early this week uh kotaku published a report that quote two sources familiar with skull and bones development end quote uh, they said that the game was actually being delayed again, um, which this would, I guess if this report was true, would would make it the fifth, I think the fifth uh, delay for the game. The, the uh, I don't know how to describe it, like open sea pirate adventure multiplayer game. So like... Yeah, it's like it's Black Flag, except you can't walk much. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag... And Sea of Thieves crossed together. Yeah, that sounds about right. But who knows if it's going to be as good as either of those. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, so Ubisoft's actually confirmed the delay as well. Yeah, so Ubisoft came out not long after this, the, the report was published and confirmed and uh, I guess officially announced that the game is coming out uh, on March 9th, 2023. So it's not as long of a delay, but you know, it's still a delay after all. Um, and this is a quote from Kotaku. So this is like kind of the speculation around why this delay happened is that, quote, according to one source who was involved, the gameplay was more refined than in previous tests, but overall player progression still seemed shallow. That's also been a concern shared by multiple sources involved in the game's development. So, uh, end quote, which, you know, for a, for a, a full, uh, for a live service game launching in 2023, you, you better make sure that player progression is solid because... I don't know if players will forgive, you know, another game because, like, Ubisoft had that with The Crew, The Division, <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege, uh, For Honor. Like, four of those games already had, like, multi-year investments in them because they launched, like, pretty poorly. So, like, I don't know if Ubisoft can afford a fifth one on top of other games copying that over the past. Like, I think people are just sick of that. And I think Ubisoft's probably doing the right thing, you know. Delay the game, delay the game, but don't make publish, don't make your devs crunch more. Just make sure that the game's going to be good because that's what matters in the end. Well, I think like all the there was like that one expose or whatever you call like like 
a detailed report on the game's development mm. like earlier this year where it said that, yeah. that they've been having the most trouble making it fun <laughs> so i'm not really expecting a ton from it like it's not like it's i don't know it's definitely i'm surprised they've kind of invested more time into it because it definitely feels like a game that would just like dump cut out lot, and then yeah go, cut okay, your losses because yeah. like it's just like they have legal requirements to make it but it's just like yeah. i mean i guess it's just because they have so many studios on board working on it as well so it's like i guess they'd rather not just lay everyone off right away and just have them doing stuff while mm. they get to work on assassin's creed not long after or something i don't know but it's i don't know it seems like such a it's <laughs> yeah. such a weird game like march definitely march 9 actually feels like a dumping ground sort of release date as well especially for a game that's being released at 70 dollars yeah. us or 150 dollars yeah. australian where it's like man it doesn't like because that's like after that like chunk of february titles which I think, like, if it's coming after that, it definitely seems like okay, we're yeah. not really expecting a ton from this game. And the, and like, the reason, have it, have it, oh, sorry, like even if like maybe if it has its own space separate mm. from all these other releases, maybe it'll do okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's the thing. Like March, March thirty first is when U.S. companies like that's the end of financial year. So that's when. I guess that's where, like, we we're, when we see a game released in March, you're like, okay, they really needed it for this year. So, who knows how good that's actually going to be, or whether or not that really states realistic. Maybe they just had to show investors that, hey, this this AAA game we've been working on for years, it's going to come out this financial year. Just trust us, and then inevitably gets delayed again. Maybe that won't happen this time, but I hope that I hope that it doesn't happen. But I hope that it's also good, and I hope that the devs haven't had to bear the brunt of it, which. You know, based on that report you mentioned before, that's happened, you know, at that... I think it's like Ubisoft Singapore and stuff like that that are working on this game. Like, they had a few issues with, like, culture and, and yeah, crunch and right. stuff. Yeah. I forgot about that part. But, like... Um, mm. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking uh, of Ubisoft well, and, and some toxic words, Eve Gamow is yeah. back, back in the headlines. Bloody hell. Yeah. Gamow said something dumb again. I don't think we're going to spend too much time on this because it's already been kind of wrapped up, I think. Yeah. But um, Gamo, is that how you pronounce it? I don't, yeah, I haven't Yves said Gimot. his name much. Gamo. Okay. Um, in, he had an interview with the French news site La Presse. Um, this is awesome. And this has been subsequently translated by Games Radar Plus. Um, he was kind of asked a few questions. So in one question, he kind of he asked whether he was um, whether he believed the well-documented issues of toxicity within Ubisoft had been solved. He said the company was, quote, progressing at a good pace and has put systems in place to resolve any problems that may have arisen. And then after that, he was asked why he believes the issues present at Ubisoft, also found across several other parts of the game development industry, where he's responded with, these toxic behaviors arise because creating a video game is not easy. There is a challenge from time to time, a lot of tension to create, you need a little friction. So this last comment got a lot, a lot of bad press because it's daunting to say when your company is most well known for sexual harassment and all, all sorts of things like that, which is a you know not a great thing to yeah. connect. Um, yeah, and it's a very he, out of touch statement. Yeah, it's it's like I pushed this this information out of my mind, so it doesn't I do not connect it. Um, which sounds like the kind of thing Gomo would actually do, considering how he runs. Um, yeah, so he kind of updated things with the Access reporter Stephen Totillo, um, where he clarified, quote, when I spoke of there sometimes being friction, I was thinking of the creative tension that is common and vital in innovative companies like ours, where people have the freedom to challenge ideas and have heated but healthy debates. 
To prevent this tension from becoming negative, or to address it if it does, that's where strong policies, values, and cor corresponding procedures are essential. Um, yeah, basically, he kind of just wrapped up what he, we could probably figure out what he meant, as in creative tensions, but just mm. came off the worst because he's saying it, and he didn't clarify yeah. in the moment. And, and I guess part of that's probably also the, the translation. You know, maybe yeah, that sayings in French or... You know, maybe some words in French that, like, if you literally translate them over, come across very harsh. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, mm. basically, Gamow said something dumb again. Even if, although maybe it was mistranslated, you're right. But yeah. still, it's not <laughs> not a good look yet again. No, no, no. Um, um and and this last uh, this last story is, you know, a little bit of uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's more kind of negative some more negative behavior online and and this is um so respawn entertainment which uh, everyone probably at this point most well known for apex legends actually took to twitter to i guess condemn i i guess felt compelled that it had to release a statement to defend its its developers because they've been copping a lot of harassment from players on from apex legends players specifically uh who are clearly you know unhappy with the game and you know feel that you know they're owed some sort of i don't know some sort of like kind of up like s personal updates with regard to it so the 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 full statement uh you know talks about you know it starts off with quote recently we have seen increased harassment towards members of our development team we welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and the harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed. We want to remind our players that we have had a zero tolerance policy for threats and the harassment of our developers. We will take appropriate action to ensure the health and safety of our team. We love hearing feedback and will continue to work alongside our community to foster a respectful, collaborative environment and uphold the competitive integrity of our game, end quote. So, fair enough, you know, fuck these idiots who think they're owed, who feel like they've got like some sort of personal stake in the game. Like it's, like even T-Pain, <laughs> the, the, you know, the the singer, auto-tune singer slash kind of like Twitch personality now is like, man, shut the fuck up. It's just a game. <laughs> Like, play yeah. something else, like, it and then like, come back to the game. Yeah, so, like, uh, it is concerning that this these stories, like, this specific type of story where developer calls out their own fan base for sucking. It's, like, it's happened, like, multiple times recently, mm. and that's like, not usually, it's not much of a, not a usual occurrence, you know? Yeah. Because like, um, Bungie did it as well. Yeah. I think there might have been another one. That's the only one I'm thinking of, actually. Yeah, most recently, but, yeah. And um, maybe Bungie, actually. Oh, like, uh, not Bungie, like, a... Uh, yeah, the Halo team. I feel like they three four three industries. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I might be wrong about that one. But it's like it's it is like it's genuinely concerning. That this is happening so often that yeah. the companies need to make like you know severe declarations of to their own players. Like, please stop harassing us. That is like so. Yeah, weak. like what the fuck? <laughs> like, come on. There's no excuse yeah. for that. There's just no excuse, and there's no place for that. Like, get the fuck out of here. 
Yeah. Uh, so, cause it's like it's not new, mm. you know, toxic behavior from player bases. Like, no, yeah. it's like it's not surprising, but it is kind of like I don't think I really connected the the dots. So it's like, oh, okay, this is a trend that is only getting worse. Like that is that's not nice to know. Mm. Not like it's like it's yeah. This is like a new th- a realization in my brain where it's like, okay, this is a thing I need to keep track of and be worried about. I don't love yeah. that. Yeah, well, at least they're calling it out now. I guess like back in the yeah. day, they just you just kind of had to cop it on the chin and just keep going. Like you know, the, the whole customer is right mentality. But now they kind of realize that no, fuck that. We don't want to. We don't deserve to be treated like that. And you know what? I I hope developers kind of publicly name and shame and or like you know, there's some like legal ramifications for this harassment because at the end of the day, like a death threat is a death threat. Harassment is harassment. Threats are threats. Like they're they're should be dealt with accordingly but yeah anyway that's that's gonna that's gonna round off the news for this past week how about we um, move on to some of the the things that we've been watching and playing uh, for the next section So I've been watching Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I'm about, I think I'm five episodes in, so about halfway through. Um, but I, I think it looks cool. I think it's a really cool story. Like, listen, I'm a big fan of Cyberpunk. Like in high school, I read kind of Neuromancer, Count Zero, Mona Lisa Overdrive. Like, I read a few of the kind of William Gibson and, and like those kind of stories. So Cyberpunk's like a really cool genre to me. Like, and I really like the way it's kind of, like, depicted in this, like, <clears throat> in the anime, like, that, you know, like, kind of, life kind of sucks when everything's, like, hyper, hyper-corporatized and things like that, um, but it definitely suffers from the same thing of, like, I think you can definitely tell that it was written by a male, and, like, a very male-centric point of view, like, you know, like, there's a lot of, like, female nudity and, like, kind of, like, you know, there's there's that... What is it like, manic pixie dream girl? I think you know that, like. Oh yeah, that we man. Yeah, like there's kind of that trope throughout it, which which was in Neuromancer, like that that was definitely there, but like that was written in like the 80s, I think. Like mm. there's that it's that whole male fantasy of like I'm gonna meet this really hot, or like you know girl who's just like really cool but digs me, but she's mysterious, but she wants to be with me, but. I don't know. It's it's. I think that stuff is kind I mean, of I didn't like expect yeah. there to be romance in that. Is that is it a romantic like storyline or is it mm. something else? Like I I I I think I like like there's there, there's definitely hints of that in there, and and yeah, okay. yeah actually there like there is kind of like these kind of nuanced and kind of subtle quiet moments, but then it's it's kind of like it. The, the, I I I really enjoyed it. Like the ups and downs of it. Um. And I really like the the kind of the look of it as well. I love the music, like the theme to it is "This Fire" by Franz Ferdinand, which is it's a great song, um, which is a cool choice for it. I've actually I would encourage you to watch it in English, even though, excuse me, even though technically Japanese is the original kind of voicing. Reason being is like with the Japanese, like it, it's it doesn't have as much of. Like, they're not as, exp- for some reason, like, like, 
Night City, which so it's it's it shares the same setting as the game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So it's kind of set in this like kind of West Coast, Las Vegas meets Los Angeles kind of you know future city. And there's a lot of different like accents, a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different kind of types of voices that you get in the English dub, but you don't really get in the Japanese. I think it, it like. I guess it's like one of those things, like you know, do, how do you do a Jamaican accent in Japanese? Like you know, like you know what I mean? Like it's just like it's got, <laughs> it, yeah, it's got those, it's got the anime staples, right? You know, kind of like the the, you know, kind of the the straight guy who's a main character, the sultry kind of female character, then like the the crazy female character. You know what I mean? Like it's got those kind of anime voices, but then like it doesn't have the things that kind of separate the different people and like the way they sound the way they speak and everything and i think that comes across better in english like the um, world building elements exactly exactly and just like kind of those things that you you kind of notice when you consume like it makes sense like you know i'm, I'm talking to this big black character who would have a deeper kind of like in you know, a black african-american sounding voice rather than like just a deep japanese voice you know like yeah maybe 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 we just watch too much anime and i'm like <laughs> just i can identify those types of voices and then it doesn't quite fit in with this like kind of multilingual multicultural eth- multi-ethnic world that's being told right. so i would, I would encourage like, you to watch remind me, like when he said to watch when he started to say like to watch in english my first thought was like oh i guess because i can focus on the animation because that is the reason i do that sometimes because like, yeah. i was thinking all the weekend was about like less oh, reading sorry yeah because like there was this show i I still need to get back to because it's got like a decade old but there was a show called timey galaxy done by the guy who made um dead man crybaby and ping pong the animation and wow, other heard of that. what's it called it's a timey galaxy okay. um, but it's like it's like the dialogue is so fast-paced and as far as i'm not sure if there is an gotcha. english job wow that looks so cool yeah it's amazing looking but it's like like i remember when i tried first watching it like a long time ago um like i couldn't keep up with the subtitles fast enough to like to watch what was happening because they're talking so fast or at least the narration gotcha. is in the first few minutes or so it's like that's kind of what i was thinking where it's like okay i can't use my eyes for words as well as visuals <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i might i might like i well, i've trigger are a very like like amazing animation studio so i yeah. think I'll, like yeah like i'll i'll take your advice yeah, yeah. i'll use english i think yeah and, and like the episodes are pretty quick, like, and it's only ten of them, so I think you'd be, um, I think you'd really enjoy it. And 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 the thing, I think the other thing I also like about it is that it's got, it also has like a, a similar like kind of um. It's got like a similar look to like Ghost in the Shell, like if 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 you like Ghost in the Shell's aesthetic, like this is kind of like a modernized version of like what you would have seen in Ghost in the Shell, especially with a lot of the. I guess those cyberpunk visual things you think about, you know, like cybernetic eyes and, um, you know, kind of blades for limbs and, you know, kind of that. I, I love, like, um, the terminology and everything. Like, it's very, like, it's it's very much like it's it's got its own world, like a, a world that exists, not kind of like, oh, it's just this, it's just like LA with neon, <laughs> you know? It's good. Like, the even, like, I love the term Troom, and gonk and things like that like it's just cool like 
uh, I love it. It's 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 just like that cyberpunk stuff that I really liked when I was reading cyberpunk or like watching Ghost in the Shell and stuff. Like you know, it's it's really really cool. Um, but yeah, it's definitely that fantasy of like the teenage fantasy of like I'm a teenager, and then I get all these cool powers, and then this really mysterious but hot girl is into me, but she's like really cool and can do all this cool shit, and then. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's 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 like that, that premise yeah. honestly isn't that appealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's more to it, but yeah, I think that's kind of the central criticism I'd have about it is that it's very like male centric. It's very shonen. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah, that's probably how I'd describe it. Yeah. No, I, I both I get I get exactly what you mean with that <laughs> term as well. Which yeah. which is yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, it'd be interesting to see. Like, I'll be I'll be interested to to contrast this to, um, the new Gundam series, which starts on Sunday. Uh, so Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury. So I wonder how it's going to compare to that, because that is the first Gundam series, which is traditionally very shown in as well. But, um, but it's going to be starring a female character, and I think there are some female writers on it. So it'll be interesting to see how that'll compare. To, to this like that I also, contrast I also to yeah. ask as well because like I was watching Dragon Quest for a whole week yeah um, as I mentioned but um I, I started <laughs> I didn't actually give it a go like I just put it like I put on the very first Gundam series on for yeah. like a second what? I, didn't, I realized I didn't have the is that the one <laughs> like did you watch that one or is it did yeah. you just watch the modern ones no 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 I've seen so which one did you which one are you talking about like the one from like 1979 yeah like the first one wow no, because like I you. like I like old anime when I've like the stuff I've seen. So I was like, I figured it's like, oh, I'll probably enjoy it. I, like, yeah. no, I, I probably will actually. I just didn't give it a shot this time because I was. You probably um, notice how primitive the um, the animation looks. Like, there's no shading. There's no like kind of. Yeah, it's amazing and stuff. Yeah, it's all handmade it's, and everything. I love yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. Like, I know. It's like I was just asking if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I like. I personally found it worth watching. Um, and and like it definitely like. There are a lot of like character that I think the thing about it is that it's very deliberate. Like it, it does the thing that I think like I think like even Star Wars had where it's like there's very clear delineation between the good guys, the bad guys, like to the way they look, the way they sound, the way they act, even down to like the mechs they use and everything. Like it's very cool where it's like um you see there's like a lot of different storylines happening as well like it's a it's a really cool thing and then and then like you know you, you've got giant robots fighting and then sorry not robots giant mechs fighting because that's the distinction there mechs are piloted robots are autonomous so that's the way to think yeah. about it right so like you've got that but then you've got kind of like this political drama happening with conspiracies and stuff and then as part of that there's like you know this kind of tale about a new type of humanity like human evolution that's forming it's it's really cool like how they kind of did that um and then on top of that it's like there's like a story about war about child soldiers and ptsd and things like that so it's um yeah i, I definitely good. would recommend watching it yeah yeah uh, okay cool yeah, yeah. I was like, it's good to know there's like a bit more detail i feel like yeah. i've probably heard that before about gundam or maybe you just said it at one point <laughs> probably but it's um 
yeah but it's like i don't know i wasn't sure about the first series because it's like a long time ago yeah but no definitely it it still holds up and it's because like i think the themes about it are so like and also it's i think it's got one of the best opening like the songs from it are so iconic yeah, um, it's really sentai. Like I wasn't ex- like I was expecting something grimmer. I was like, oh well, this is really happy go lucky right it's away. It's like it's like disco, man. That's like nineteen seventy nine peak disco. Like yeah. I, I I love like Moe Agare, Moe Agare. Like that's like it'll... Yeah, dude, it's really nice. It just wasn't the like I probably should have expected it because I'm pretty sure most anime at that point in time had that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, but, definitely. Uh, I mean, think of the music of that time. Like I bet even English shows are like a lot of disco influence kind of intros and stuff. And then... Yeah, definitely, yeah. And then, like, uh, like um, and that's the thing, like, Gundam Zeta, which which is, like, kind of the follow-on, that's also really cool as well. That that also... That ha- goes a lot more into the, the psychological warfare and the, the commentary on war and things like that. Like, whereas this one was, like... Because it was unproven, it was, like, you c- the toy company wanted... Had input. is like, okay, we need... The Gundams have to be colourful. You have to tone down the war stories. You've got to have more of the camp, more of this, you know, stuff. So you, you can kind of see where the the but where the, the budgets were cut, and then you can see in Zeta, like which came out like three, four years later, and like how there's like a huge change. Like for me personally, I noticed a huge change and change in like the animation quality and things like that as well. So that, that was kind of very cool. Um, but yeah, dude, you've been you've been playing a couple of things, playing slash watching, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've played her story, which is the 2015 title that kind of got a little a fair bit of attention, like directed by Sam Barlow. That's what who I was thinking. Is, um, I was like, I was like thinking of the name. Yeah. Is he from again? I remember. <laughs> oh, Silent Hill Origins. That's right. Silent mm. Hill Games. Um, I bet. Like I read that the other day. I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot he had that backstory. Um, but anyway, yeah. So her story, 2015 title, and mm-hmm. telling lies. Mm-hmm. Which it came out on consoles is like 2018 or 2019. Yeah. 2019 follow up. Um, yeah. So and, and the, kind of. Got and there's a new format. one. There's a new one that he yeah. came out as well. I forget. There, what yeah. There's another one yeah. called Immortality that came okay, out quite gotcha. recently. That's yeah. like, I, as far as I could tell, it has a pretty, there's a different format because her story and telling lies are like the same. It's like differences, yeah. but more like you you play the same game, basically. Question. Um, With her story. I, I all I remember from that time was like, oh my god, you're like going through like a Windows ninety five computer to like find these like, as like kind of clips from like an interrogation of, of 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 this suspect following a crime or something, right? Is that is that correct? Is that have I got the right? Oh yeah, I, I was gonna. I'll explain it now. Okay, so please tell me. A, like it's um, you're basically you're someone who is investigating like you're kind of digging through the database of like a number of interrogation clips involved in some sort of mystery you're not really aware of until you dig into it further but it's like just a, it's a basically a murder mystery premise that like that's mm. what the story is and then you cover Ooh. more detail about the story as it goes on that's cool. like you you'll figure it out quite early so i don't think yeah. i'm spoiling it's also <laughs> seven years old um but it's yeah uh yeah but that's what you're doing and it's like you're kind of you're kind of um you're using a search engine that only um pops up five results at a time so you're trying to find keywords and like the search engine is specifically searching through the words being spoken in the clip so it's basically like it's basically a database of like subtitle files and you're trying to 
find the keywords that will lead you to new clips you haven't seen yet. And that is like pretty much the entire gameplay because like you can kind of quit at almost any time. Like there'll be a mm. prompt that eventually says like, hey, you know, do you want to finish now? And you don't have to. You just kind of keep going and trying to find as many clips as you can. Um, but uh, but like the point of both games is that you kind of end when you feel satisfied with yeah. the stories you've found. And, so, when, when, and when you're talking about clips, you're you're talking about live action. It's like a full. It's like sort of like a full motion video game as well, like yeah. those classic yeah, like 90s games actors, as well. Live action clips. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like her story is kind of. I think I'm not sure if it's the computer. Or like I think it's like set in modern day technically, but the computer you're using is from like the 80s or 90s. Gotcha. And like you're using an outdated OS. Yeah, like computer system mm. but it's like you don't do a ton with the computer it's not like um hypnospace outlaw or something where you're really engaging with old tech gotcha like you're just yeah, it's basically like it's just a very basic it's like a setting yeah it's like the like, interface it's, like, it's basic to, like a, you know in a complementary way like because you, you just can't do much which is like where oh yeah i'll get into telling lies so her story is like a single actor you're only ever seeing one person on screen and hearing one person Telling Lies has four main characters and a few other side characters you see. Um, and uh. you're basically like where her story is the interview footage, like in a police station. Telling Lies is like the one side of a two way conversation because it's like gotcha. you're basically going through a database of like the NSA's um, like data, uh, what do you call it? It's like scraping network mm, that was mm. Snowden revealed a decade or so ago. And it's like you're 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 going through that system, so you're seeing like one side of conversation, and then you'll like see the other side of it when you look up another keyword or so, something like that. Um, but it's it's got like a few just, but like the story of that one is a CIA agent is trying, or an FBI FBI agent is trying to infiltrate like a fringe environmentalist agent um, yeah. group, and he's kind of found himself split between like his home life that he left and this like new life that he's like, that's artificial. Yeah. It's kind of being pulled in two directions and he's kind of being, you know, like fragmented. Then like you're seeing a lot of these clips that are basically following that progression as well as the characters in his life, in his lives really. Um, which, yeah, it's like, it's a very different type of story than her story. Yeah. But there's there's um, a couple of people in there like Alexandra Ship. I feel like she's been in other stuff that I've seen. That name is very familiar. Um, and then the I don't know what is was it Joseph something the guy from Prometheus, the boyfriend in Prometheus. He's like the dude in this. I'll see from that. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's like, I'm pretty he's sure. Been in a number of games like because he's been in Upgrade as well. And it's yeah, like, that was the one that was Upgrade. The one that um Elijah Wood was working on. No, I don't know. But it's like it's basically Venom, Great. but yeah. with machines. But it's like um, he's, <laughs> he's also best known for looking like Tom Hardy. Exactly, which is appropriate given the Venom <laughs> con- yes. comparison. Oh wait, which name did you say? You said Logan Marshall Green. Oh, okay, I said Joseph Green. My bad. It's Logan oh, Marshall okay. Green. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. So I ended up playing her story. I think before I finished it before we our last recording, and I finished yeah. telling lies like a couple of days ago. Oh and wow. It's, um, Cause like, but I was like, I was actually like, I, her story is interesting because they're basically the same format and telling lies feels like it made changes to the format for the sake of change. And in some ways, 
and it mostly doesn't work. Or not oh, mostly, okay. but like it has its own value. But I feel like it contrasts, especially when I just played her story, it does not work as well. Because like yeah. in Telling Lies, like you're not using like a 70s operating, you're using like Mac OS basically. Yeah. And it's a lot more modern and there's a number of quality of life upgrades to the gameplay itself. But there's yeah. also like way more of it. And I don't know. Telling Lies ended up being like very disappointing to me personally compared to her story because her story is like it's very much targeted at me is in someone who really loves mystery murder mystery sort of stuff gotcha and the idea of a fbi agent trying to do a black panther type entrapment scheme on environmentalists is like it's not it's interesting but it's also yeah. like i don't find it nearly as compelling personally yeah um so i'd, I'd be curious to know what other people think in that sense and yeah. like there is an interesting story there but it's like i got it reminded me of like oscar bait in the way the story is it's very white male centric yeah where a lot of the like there's women who are like prominent characters in his life but they're very like they really lack agency in this the a lot of the the way the story unfolds like i'm sure there's more that i didn't see because i ended up like quitting kind of early with telling i just wanted to get to the end <laughs> but i didn't end up like going further to try and get more of the story like i got like i got the you know core gist of the story like gotcha. the main thrust of it I didn't. I didn't feel like I was missing out on much. Oh, okay. Um, I wonder what you I think, think about the new one. Yeah, because immortality, as I understand, is like it's kind of. Um, I think they made like three actual movies with a lot of like backstage stuff also filmed. Yes. And they, but it's all like seventies exploitation media. Yeah. That I think like I think it works differently. Where that one, you're trying to find objects of interest in the environment of each like of scenes and then that will lead you to another one i think that's how that one works yeah so they kind of play yes it differently like you're, you're kind of like looking at footage from the cutting room floor and then yeah scrubbing through that as well so it's it's still um i think i think the the thing about that is that nailing that aesthetic like it's like every time he moves from one project to another it's like like same underlying idea but then moving forward in terms of scale and budget yeah but it's like mm. yeah i'm very interested about immortality because mm. i would like to play it at some point i like because the premise is interesting to me as well for that one yeah but like her story it's like a lot of telling lies is about expanding on her story mechanically and no not thematically but like or maybe i don't know but it's like very much mechanically where it's like a lot more clips a lot more ambition in the writing because you have to like account for multiple people with clips like their side of the conversation also has to kind of feed into the story yeah there's like a lot of scope to it but a lot of it ends up like detracting from it compared to her story because her story gotcha. is like really simple yeah there's only like i don't know i want to say like 60 clips all up and they're all like max three minutes yeah. but usually they're like less than a minute like they're really short and they're yeah. like so you can kind of like listen to it or like watch it and get like a really strong sense of like okay this is the part i want to focus on next yeah and the minute like the clips in telling lies like partly because of the format you know because they're like phone like they're facetime videos basically yeah um and like they're like seven minutes long sometimes so Jesus you end up just Christ. like scrubbing through them without really wanting to watch them and a lot of it has like people staring at the screen listening which i'm not against that makes a lot of sense for the format but it's also like there's a lot of wasted space in a way that also in isn't i don't know a lot of it ends up like her story is so simple and the story itself has like a really strong hook 
about like, okay, I want to know more about this murder and these, this character and yeah. how everything happened. And it's short enough to digest that you want to. Like, kind of, It's short enough to keep you going. Yeah, it's like movie length, basically. Mm. Her st- telling lies is, I think I ended up spending like four and a half hours on it or five. Oh, wow. And I was, I was fast forwarding through almost everything. I don't think I, was, I, don't think I watched almost any clips in real time. <laughs> you just wanted to solve the mystery or yeah. until you were satisfied, you have. Yeah, because a lot of the clips are just like not that compelling because a lot yeah. of them are just like very mundane conversations, which is important to the story and the game that I was making. But they're yeah. also just like, it just doesn't have that hook to really keep you pulled along. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, and this one seems like it's even more of that. Now it's like more footage to work with. It sounds like the footage is more impressive, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like it's not like the telling lies thing. It's like I I admire what it did, and I think there's a lot more achievements than I that it that it achieved a lot more than I think I'm fully aware of. So yeah. I was like, I was thinking of it last like afterwards, and I was like, oh yeah, there were like the way the story of the main character like kind of settles. Like, um, how do you say it? Like, once you have, like, a full, like, a breadth of the main characters, like, the main protagonists, like, whole story throughout, because it takes a while to get to the kind of end point, um, you, you can kind of see it's like, oh, so, like, you, once you have, like, where, like, on the timeline, like, a good, like, you know, internal view of the timeline, like, that's when it kind of becomes more impressive and compelling to me. Yeah. But it takes a long time to get to that point, you know. To, to- like to get just that what, complete narrative in your head. Yeah, which is mm. a fun mechanic, really. Yeah. You know, like, but you want to get to that sooner rather than doing all this manual work. Yeah, like, so her story being like this like murder mystery that makes yeah. itself clear quite early what yeah. its deal is. The telling lies takes a while. And like, yeah, I'll say again, like maybe other people are more interested in the premise, but FBI agent infiltrates environmentalist group. But like, so it ends up having like a slight environmental, like climate change angle as well yeah. which really doesn't fit into the story very well oh, it's like okay, gotcha. so, so it ends up just doing modern black panther except it's about environmentalism um and it's just not that profound or and it really doesn't relate to the characters all that well either it's, it's very odd yeah, choice that's, weird. that's such a weird thing it feels like they should have just done something a bit more crime based yeah. rather than something a bit more idealistic oh. or whatever but yeah anyway gave not sure how, yeah <laughs> Fair enough. No, no, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be. Hopefully, we can talk a bit more about Cyberpunk next week. Or, hey, who knows? Maybe you watch. Maybe you, you watch um, Gundam, and you'll uh, you like it. There's a or don't forget, forget yeah. Dragon Quest. Oh, and, and, and that. Yeah, <laughs> true. Actually, that's true. No, actually, I actually like, I'm, I'm officially burnt out on Dragon Quest, so I'm gonna go slow. Need on to that take one. A break. I'll move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll. Um, I guess after this, I'll send you that link to that prequel episode for the new Gundam show. So that oh, yeah. it, it like, which kind of sets up what the show is about. But yeah, I'll, I'll flick that across to you later, man. But yeah, I think that's going to, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, I think, uh, I think we're pretty talked out there, but yeah, as always, double jump is made possible. Thanks to the support of our wonderful members and patrons. You too can become a, a double jump member um, by going to doublejump.co slash memberships or going to patreon.com slash doublejump and uh, becoming a supporter today. Um, but yeah, uh, John, it's uh, once again uh, another another great episode. Thank you so much, dude. I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that by next week we'll have some more kind of like updates on 
how Rocket's doing with the with the other with his brother his new brother and sister, I guess. <laughs> yeah, did I mention that in the podcast or were we were just talking about it? I think that was beforehand. Like um I think you had, okay. Yeah, that was I think before we started recording, quote unquote. Right. Yeah, so I'll I'll give an update on our new cat mm. of third of three cats who is integrating <laughs> at our house slowly. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully that all goes well. But yeah, updates next week. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um yeah, it's uh I, I really hope they get along because it sounds like that would be a really fun situation if they do. <laughs> yeah, I've really yeah, I was explaining to him, yeah, like Rocket is so wanting to be part of the family. And it's very yeah. heartbreaking that yeah. it's not happening quickly. <laughs> Hopefully it'll happen soon. But until next time everyone, look out for one another. Peace. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> Stole oh. my life. <laughs>